You are listening to San Diego County News Presents, a weekly podcast about people and places in the San Diego region. It is my pleasure today to talk with Gabriella Van Ray, an internationally known expert on such subjects as racism, intolerance, prejudice, bullying, adoption, and multicultural issues. Ms. Ray is an author of three books, A Kindness Advocate and Social Activist. Ms. Ray, you were adopted at the age of three, and you were raised in the Netherlands. Yeah, I was raised all over Europe. Yeah. Yeah, because your your parents, adoptive parents were diplomats, so you traveled a lot. What kind of racism did you incur as a as a kid in the various countries in Europe? Well, the first racism that really touched me and that I remember for life and thinking, "Oh my gosh, there must be something wrong with me." was at one of my parents' uh, um, gatherings in the evening with uh, fancy people coming at the house, and I would curtsy and stick out my hands, and there was this elderly lady that wouldn't shake my hands because she thought the brown of my skin would come off and that it was actually dirty. And I remember, and you know how children are, I just kind of went, it doesn't come off. When she told me to go wash my hands, and I just, I remember always thinking, what's wrong with me? And so words really do matter, and it really matters how we treat other people, because from a very, very young age, I I wanted to know what was wrong with me. And obviously, today, I know that there's nothing wrong with skin color. What was wrong is the education that the lady had received, right? She didn't know. But we we end up taking it on. So I found that racism is something really debilitating for the receiver because we look for the problem with us. So when someone tells you that uh, something is not good enough because of your skin color or your ethnicity, it's, it's very, very hurtful. And I see it happening today everywhere, not just in America. It, it, it really is a little bit on the rise, I would say. How old were you when you experienced that memorable touch of racism? I think I was four, uh, almost four. And I already experienced it at school because... Uh, in a predominantly white world where um, the kids were blue-eyed and blonde, they just really, really didn't know who I was. And I had an incident that I chose, and it, it describes really, really well my personality. You know, I ended up realizing that the bully at school that kept bullying me and kept saying that I was a foreigner and I should go back to Pakistan, that he was just as scared of me as I was of him. So I ended up lifting up my shirt 
to show that my tummy was just like him. And again, this you can do when you're a child. It's much harder to do when you're a grown woman. You can imagine that I don't go around lifting up my shirt anymore. (laughs) But you know what? It was effective because the little hand, I held my breath, and the little hand of the boy touched my stomach. And then, you know, he did what any child does. Oh, it's the same. This is boring. Next. And I just had this enormous sigh of relief, you know, that I was suddenly accepted. Were you three or four at when that incident occurred or a little older? I was actually a little younger. I was three and a half when that occurred. That was incredible. <laughs> and what, what, what is incredible about it is that I never, ever forgot that the bully, that the person attacking you is just, and I like to use the word instigator, by the way, the instigator is just as fearful of you as you are. And that's something we forget, whether we're adults or whether we're children. We really forget that. And that's empowering. No. You once stated that racism in the U.S. is easier than in Europe. Having never traveled to Europe, I was stunned. Are you still of that opinion? And can you talk about racism in Europe? Yeah, I think racism in Europe is, is, is definitely different because we have racism already in the classrooms much more than we do in America. So we, we, we not only judge you, uh, by your cover, but we judge you by your accent. In Europe, your accent, my Dutch accent, already shows from what kind of family I'm from. And I don't feel we have that in uh, the United States because we are such a melting pot with so many accents, with so many states, and it's uh, uh, the diversity is just larger, and everything is on a larger scale, because your country is so much bigger, right? Yes. Holland is really tiny. It's, it's, it's a quarter of, of the state of Iowa, you know? I mean, it's nothing. <laughs> and so, so it is different. So the classes are differentiated by the way you speak, by my accent. So that already... Uh, we are attacked for that. You're attacked for what you look like. And then comes the adoption. So so there are more layers. Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does make sense. Um, what I find interesting about your approach is that you come from first self-awareness and understanding that you are okay, absolutely okay. And the other difference is that you deal with it with kindness. Yes, because I really believe wholeheartedly that kindness only grows more kindness. And I really believe that nobody teaches us the tool of how to be kind. Because let's be truthful, when you wake up in the morning, you know, you have 
each day, and I really use the word choice. You have the choice to be kind. It's up to you. And if you get grumpy, and that's a nice way of saying when you're impolite or intolerant, but when you get that during the day, again, it is your choice to ring your own doorbell and say, hey, hey, I can change that attitude. And I think that when we teach that to someone, people suddenly realize that it is actually possible. And that one of the things that I have noticed is that People don't want to make kindness a big deal. Kindness is kind of seen like, oh, yeah, okay, well, that kid was kind. And as if it's, it's a, almost an insult to be kind. You know, we almost want to, we almost get rewarded for being ridiculous and insulting because then we have, you know, the 50 seconds of fame on a podcast or on a news segment, right? And kindness gets news segments. Let's be honest. Nobody wants to hear a kindness story today. But you know what? I I know, but you know, although with what I do, it does get momentum. I know that sounds odd, but you spread it one person at a time. I always say one moment, one person, one kindness is all it takes to be the difference. I'm not asking people to change. I'm asking people to be the difference in someone else's life. That is pretty incredible, and you found it effective. You found it extremely effective with people of all ages, from the youngest of children to the oldest adults. Absolutely. Absolutely. But do you understand that the kids only mimic what what they see? I mean, people say, oh, my gosh, the, the kids are terrible online. But they mimic what they see online. Absolutely. So it's acceptable that someone powerful says things that are totally racist and bigot, that it's acceptable to say that on the news. That, well, then they go ahead and then try to stop it in, in a school. You can't anymore. So I always say to people, you've got to walk your talk. I mean, I, I walk my own talk, and I sometimes say to people, not today. I just, I'm too tired. I don't have it in me. I want a grumpy day. But nobody taught me, Gabriella, to actually say that feeling to someone. So let's say for your coworkers, you are allowed to have a lousy day, but communicate instead of lashing out. That's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the communication part that we hate doing. And so in my heart of hearts, I think that when I hear someone say, oh, my gosh, I'm so tolerant. And I say, no, you're not. Tolerance is an impolite way of, uh, sorry, uh, intolerance. No, I always say tolerance is an impolite way of being intolerant. It's just, we think it looks good. So we say, oh, I'm tolerant. Of course I am. I don't want to be tolerated. I want to be accepted. But you know what? Today, right now, today, we're, we're starting, uh, America has gotten a new president. We're starting a new four years, yes? Yeah. On a political level, but also on, on a level for every single person in this country. This is a historic moment 
to not sweep everything on the carpet, but to open the dialogue. Because we know there was a problem. Because we've seen it. And honest, my answer is like yours. Hate is not on the rise. It's always been there. It yes. just was kind of covered up like a very thin sheet of ice. Absolutely. It was just there. And Mr. Trump, what he did is unearthed it. He just chipped away at it. And there it was. And there it With was. Ugly. There it was. And now people say, what, what the heck are we going to do with it? I'm tolerant, so let's put it back. And I say, no, 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 don't do that. Right. Let's open the discussion. This is a time to be vulnerable. This is a time that everyone that feels mistreated in any kind of way, lonely, uh, outcast, mistreated, um, a minority, LGBT community, whatever it is that you feel, this is the moment to talk. Absolutely. Because we are not going to sweep it back on this carpet. We're going to talk about it. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Uh, we're going to wind up now. I really don't want to because you have so much good information to offer, but we got to. I want to thank you so very much for giving us this time and sharing with us. Thank you for having me, and I hope your audiences dare to be kind to the person that's sitting next to them. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to news at sandiegocountynews.com. Again, that's news at sandiegocountynews.com.